Hi, welcome back to Ways to Live Your Money. I'm Elizabeth Dawson, and we have Katie Steck here with Hello. us today, Hello. my co-host. And, and uh, you know, before we get into the episode, we want you to take a moment to look at the show on waystoloveyourmoney.com. Please let us know some feedback, but you can see every video that we've ever done, all four seasons, plus a lot of our mini videos. And you can also search there by subject. So if there's something that's on your mind, you can search it there. So without waiting about this conversation, I know we want to talk about couples, whether you're getting married or whether you're not, but joining finances together. And that's a big topic that sometimes we have with our clients and sometimes one one person is really strong with the money and the money yeah. decisions and the other one is just kind of the spender and doesn't necessarily have any kind of idea about yeah. how the money goes. So so I know that this is something you wanted to have a conversation about and, and uh, I think that there's different perspectives for different age groups. And Oh yeah, and just different couples. I mean, I think everybody yeah. um, has something that works differently for them and right. if you got, maybe if you got married later in life and you already kind of had your situation mm -hmm. set up or you're just starting life together. Right. That makes a big difference too. So I think there's well, and if I about. take this because I know we've talked in a couple of the shows about money coaching and uh, in money coaching that process, even with a husband and wife, is a little bit more complicated. I, I definitely suggest as an individual going through the process, but you know, even as a couple, you can do it. But y you, as as a, let's say a husband and wife or um, gay and lesbian couple, or or even if you're just partners with someone, or or it's just a new mm -hmm. relationship. You have to kind of imagine that concept of, hey, I was working before, it was my own checkbook, mm -hmm. and I was spending money on my own things, and now, boy, is that is that person I'm going to be doing my finances with, are they going to be on the same page with me about what I want to spend, yeah. what they want to spend, mm -hmm. am I going to be on the same page with them, or how do we right. set it up? What, what do you think, yeah. Katie? I mean, I think the most important thing is to be on the same page about what your goals are. Mm -hmm. Whether it's your money or sharing the money, yeah. what you can accomplish still depends, I think, on the other person yeah. and how they're running their finances, at least to some degree. So I think it's really important to first decide what are your yeah. goals, what's important to you. Well, and I think for us, our approach is we're fiduciaries. So mm -hmm. we have to do what's in the best interest of our client. And as a fiduciary, it has to be their goals. You know, it has to be right. your goals. It's not my goals. It's not your goals. Mm -hmm. It's what what is their goal. And I think that's some, some of, one of the hardest questions that we ask our clients is that, what is your wish list? Right. They're like, what do you mean? You know, <laughs> the, the last time they talked about goals, they were thinking like, what? What are you, what are you talking about? There's not a formal relationship with people today about financial goals or if money was not an obstacle, what would their wish list right. be that they'd want to accomplish? But again, when you have someone in your life that's working on the finances with you, do you think it's better to be you know, more communicative about it or is it better to be more silent about it? I mean, always better to be more communi communicative. <laughs> Communica yeah, it's a tough word. Sorry, I picked a, uh, picked a tough one. I mean, I think that it's not just even what are your goals, but what priority are you going to put them in? Is it mm -hmm. more important to save for a house? Do you need a car? Mm -hmm. um, you have to put all of your dollars together yeah. some way, usually, uh, especially if you're sharing a household, sure. um, to make the right decisions for both of you. So, so yeah. if I can pick on you a little bit, Katie, mm -hmm. because you've been married for how many years now? Eight. Eight years. Okay, so, so when you first got married, how easy was it for you to kind of combine finances? Well, I would say logistically it was very easy. Mm -hmm. We didn't have much. We, I had just graduated college and, and so had my husband. And um, so logistically it wasn't hard, but I think mm -hmm. emotionally it was hard just mm -hmm. to start talking about those things. I mean, mm -hmm. I never had a, a real job or mm -hmm. um, really had bills, so just 
kind of figuring out that when you've never had those conversations before mm-hmm. is not easy, mm-hmm. but it's important. And do you feel that one of you had a stronger relationship with money early on, or was it something that you both just kind of agreed upon? Or Yeah, I think, I mean, that's, that's kind of a hard question. Well, it's kind of an ongoing yeah, question, yeah, right? It's so an ongoing question. It's an ongoing I mean, question. I think I had a, a, maybe a stronger relationship with money and being more aware of mm-hmm. where my money was going than my husband. Um, but but we were both kind of coming from a fresh Mm-hmm. I think a fresh perspective of oh, we're good. both making money now. Mm-hmm. Um, we obviously should have been better, I think, early on, as many people probably can say, at talking about it and being on the same page. But um, I definitely think that I grew up with more of a, a mindset of your money, your responsibilities, mm-hmm. whereas his was much more like oh, pa- parents helping out when mm-hmm. needed. And so good and bad, I just think that it didn't make him as aware Mm-hmm. growing up. Mm-hmm. I think that's the difference because there is a totally different dynamic. You know, you have a different dynamic than I did mm-hmm. when I was growing up. Uh, my kids have a different dynamic. Um, every person, every single person that we ever talk to has a completely different dynamic about, you know, money or what they're going to spend money on or what's important to them. You know, they really want to travel. We have one of, a, one of our gals on our team that that's one of her biggest things is she loves to travel. And that's a big part of her budget. We have a lot of clients that are like that. You know, we do. We never want to be, you know, um, controlled by any decision that we maybe don't feel is strong. But I will I will kind of go back to my early years when I was first married because I got married very young, mm-hmm. my first marriage. And I was, uh, uh, we did talk about money, but not, not the way I would talk to, about money today. Right. But it was a completely different perspective because I had a spouse and, you know, I'm sure I can relate to a lot of people out there. I had a spouse that said, basically, I work hard. I should be able to spend money on whatever I want to spend on. And when you start to, when you have a relationship, when it is marriage or when you do start to have children or you do have big responsibilities, that doesn't always work. Right. So what has been your experience with, with that? Not, not necessarily just your relationship, maybe some... You know, you have a brother, you have friends, you know, what, what kind of conversations have they talked to you about that they struggle with? Well, I think it's important to talk about just because you're equal partners mm-hmm. in a relationship, mm-hmm. you know, might, might not be bringing in equal mm-hmm. amounts of money to the mm-hmm. situation and who's going to be responsible mm-hmm. for what. Mm-hmm. If you want to take a trip and maybe one spouse makes more than the other, mm-hmm. are you splitting it? Mm-hmm. Um, is one paying for it? Like how, just the, I mean, just again, the logistics of that mm-hmm. is, is really important. I think those are like the harder conversations yeah. to have. Yeah. yeah. What do you think, Katie? Because there's couples today, and, and I have a child that's doing this right now. Uh, there are couples today that have all their money funneled into one account, mm-hmm. and they're not married. And there's a lot of kids out there, or a lot of young people that are thinking, I'm not going to ever get married. But they're doing the traditional things mm-hmm. that maybe parents taught us how to do mm-hmm. when we were younger. Um, you think they, they need to have maybe a, a separate account too, or is joint accounts the best thing? What, what, what's your opinion of that today? And you're from the Midwest, so it's a little bit different. <laughs> I, I mean, for me being married, I like, I think it's helpful for us in our situation to have mm-hmm. mostly joint accounts. Um, but being single technically, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I think it's important to have a joint account for joint expenses. Mm-hmm. I think, um, I mean, I think it depends. Are you on their situation are they building separate mm-hmm. uh, things for separate goals are they um, building savings for different things are they mm-hmm. building savings for joint then what happens if it doesn't work out yeah 
I think there's a lot to think about. I, I think there's some good things to having a joint account, even if you're not mm-hmm. married and having some joint expenses, or mm-hmm. even if it's just our, this is our going out to eat budget, mm-hmm. or, you know, something like well, that. Well, and that's funny that you bring that up, because <laughs> that is part of the coaching that I give to a lot of people, and, and as you know, because you're with me in the trenches every day, uh, but my thought process is you've got to come together with your goals, number mm-hmm. one you know, so that they're perfectly aligned. They might not be perfect, but you want to make sure that you know what your partner is doing and what you're doing, right? And what your ideals or expectations are. And whether it's if you own a home together or you don't, mm-hmm. but you might have rent together. Mm-hmm. So we suggest doing a household account. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that household account is both partners or whomever is involved in the financial transactions that they're putting money into. This could be even roommates. Mm -hmm. Let's say you have two roommates or three roommates. What if you had a house account that every month, you know, we maybe put a little in advance for the rent, for the utilities, all those things. That house account is so important and you need a money manager that's going to look at it Mm -hmm. and someone that's going to be able to have conversations with who's ever involved. But I think having that house account is so important. It could be the mortgage, could be the rent, could be utilities, could be internet. I mean, a lot of people are working from home yeah. right now. So if they're working at home, I mean, my goodness, you know, utilities are going to get more expensive, yeah. right? Yeah. So internet speed might have to improve. I mean, it's it's a completely changing world right, <laughs> right. now. But those fixed expenses, which when we go through cash flow, when we're talking to clients, when we look at two or three months worth of expenses through credit cards or through bank accounts, I think it's so important to find out what are those real fixed expenses. And then if you have your account over here and you have your account over here and no one's feelings are getting hurt because all the house expenses are being taken care of, and then you come up with agreements. And I have learned from a lot of our clients over the years, some of my dearest friends, Jonathan Olo, who is a re- our resident real estate mm-hmm. expert, he has even shared with me what he and his partner do. And, and I mean, that gave me many years ago a lot of inspiration. I helped him too, but it's, it can work well because what is the number one argument in any kind of relationship? It's always money. It's always about money. So what if we can solve the money argument mm-hmm. before it ever happened? Because your partner probably, I mean, Katie, you've told me you've got to have your shopping budget. (laughs) And you and your husband, Drew, you have agreed on what that's going to be. And, but you have, you know, you have your dog, you have your Mm -hmm. bird, you have all those things that are really important that they have to have food. So it's a fixed expense, right? It is. It is. Mm -hmm. Dogs eat the same every day. So it's pretty. And what I'm so proud about you, what I'm so proud about you is you have a big chunk of money that you save every single month. Yeah, we do. And in your early 30s, you know, a lot of people in their early 30s are really not saving. Mm-hmm. You know, I think historically they say that majority, I think it's something like, don't quote me here, but it's more than 60% of all United States um, people, um, the population, 60% to 70%, don't even have $1,000 in savings. Yeah, I've heard that. Wow. Mm-hmm. What so many people have kind of come to is that the only way that they're going to save for retirement is in their 401k or their employer-sponsored retirement plan. Right. And that's not the only place that you could be putting money today. Right. I'm always amazed how many people don't even have the side accounts for something they know yeah. is going to come up. Tired. What do we, we talk, talk about, about that? Yeah. Emergency fund. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they're doing some savings or trying to, mm-hmm. um, but they're not even thinking about those things that are just going to happen mm-hmm. and then go and get a credit card to pay for it. Or, I think, we, I think we hear that all the yeah, time. That's a really common thing. I mean, I think that that go, kind of goes even with holiday shopping, right? So, oh, yeah. so, so at least one time a year, you're probably going to need 
your car serviced more than once, more than once. You're going to have tires mm -hmm. once every year, probably two. Yeah. Brakes every once every year or every two. You know, you're always going to have gas and maintenance and things like this. But have you really thought about budgeting what that is? Mm -hmm. Because the majority of people today that we have ever spoken to in my 22 years of being in this industry and with your help alongside me, Number one thing that they ever do is we get them out of credit card debt and they say, well, I didn't have any money to put, you know, I had to use a credit card to pay for my new tires because yes. I didn't expect it. Mm -hmm. It's the number one thing you need to expect mm -hmm. because God forbid you're at fault for an accident and you got to come up with a deductible. We're, we're believers in higher deductibles, but you better have that deductible saved right. in a bank account. Mm -hmm. You know, so, so what's the amount that we actually suggest, maybe a family of four, to having that what if happens, you know, life happens, the car happens, everything else. I mean, depending on the person, I think yeah. I think we usually say five thousand. Yeah. Two, two, maybe less responsibilities mm -hmm. that might come up, two to five. But I think that's also part of the cash flow and budgeting analysis mm -hmm. to say, okay, how much would you know, tires cost? Right. To replace all four tires on your car. Right. How much is your deductible? Mm -hmm. How much is, you know, maintenance that you're not literally pulling into your monthly budget and cash flow. Because we can go through your monthly budget and cash flow, but if it doesn't really account for those things or we're not putting money to replenish that because we're gonna spend it, mm -hmm. is it better to have the money to be able to spend when that stuff happens, because it's going to. Right. Let's face it, it's going to. Or is it better to go to a credit card? Well, you wanna have it saved. You wanna have it <laughs> saved, right? We want you to have it saved. We want you, yeah, and I mean, everyone on the planet should wanna have that money just stashed, whether it's 2,000 or 5,000. It's something that you know is going to happen versus saying, gosh, I don't have the money to do it, and now my car's not safe to drive. Right. Or again, God forbid you got in an accident and you're at fault and you have to pay the deductible. Mm -hmm. You know, Those insurance companies would love to weasel out of that deductible, and they want you to pay no matter what, even if you weren't at fault. I had an experience, so that's why I say it. Um, just in a parking lot. During COVID, in the beginning, everybody's nervous and afraid that everybody's going to make everybody sick. But now for the what happens. You know, we, we have a client that we've been talking to that um, they, have, they have an unexpected medical bill. Mm -hmm. Well, if we had money set aside, could we have taken care of that? Sure. Or in their situation, which I think is pretty good, and correct me if I'm wrong, they're doing like a care credit. Uh, something yeah, like that. it's a payment plan of yeah. some sort, yeah. But that $250 a month or so mm -hmm. is not in their budget. Yeah, it wasn't. They had to make it. These are the conversations we should be having, not just about having mm -hmm. a joint account or having a right. separate account. I even think we, we, we tried to do an episode about Christmas shopping. <laughs> I think there's one in the library. There's one in the library. <laughs> but the interesting thing there is that the average that's charged for holiday shopping per year is about 1500 I think it was $1,580. Mm -hmm. And statistically, because people don't necessarily budget for that, we saw that statistically it takes over four years to pay that off. And just think if you kind of have that snowball effect each and every year. So Ways to Love Your Money is a money show. And it's about having a better relationship with money and also what our triggers are. Mm -hmm. And not necessarily just opening up the veil and saying, oh my gosh, I, you know, I didn't plan for this. But 100% of the time, when someone hasn't planned to have a better relationship with money and to have that little emergency fund or the wish list fund or the vacation fund or the Christmas fund, what do they do when an emergent situation happens? They go right back to yep. the credit card. So credit card companies don't like us, which is fine with me. 
Uh, but, but in all actuality, why should we ever have to pay for money? We, we talk about that even with bank yeah. accounts, right? Mm -hmm. Why should you have to pay a monthly service fee to have your money with a bank? Yeah, they're making plenty of money. Yeah. They're making plenty of money. Plenty. It's absurd, okay? So I've told banks many times, and I think I've mentioned this to you too, is that if they say that they want to charge you a fee, I'm not going to bank with you. I, my husband and I literally have a joint house account with a bank that they want to charge us $24.95 a month. They show the charge, which is the weirdest thing, but they also refund it the same day. I'm like, yeah. why do it at all? That's because they they know, <laughs> yeah, they know that we will not bank with them. I don't know why they're showing kind of this faux charge, but um, we should never have to pay for money. We should never have to pay for money in a bank account or a savings account. How much interest are we getting in those savings accounts or money markets right now? Very little. So the lower the interest rates are, the lower the return we're ever going to get from a bank. So put your money into productivity. Mm -hmm. Find the dollars that you can save. I think having a relationship and conversation about how money works and the decisions that are important to you and your partner, mm -hmm. or you and your roommate, or whomever, that you're on the same page. Yes, important. And you know, when you're in your 30-something or 50-something, right? So we've got a span of 20 years. Um, it's a different, it's a different thought process, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it's hard when you're in your early 30s to really think about retirement. It is. It seems so far away. It does seem so far away. And we've talked to many people that say, oh yeah, by the time I'm 50, I'm going to be retired. I'm like, well, I'm already there. Then what are you going to do? Um, if you've got energy and passion and commitment and you love what you're doing, then it's really not work. You know, I love what I do every day. And I love being in the position to change people's lives or at least change their perception on how money should work and the relationship decisions that we should make. Because if we don't have a good relationship with money, what's the point? Yeah. Most people that want to retire young, they hate working. They hate having yeah, to work like for money. Yeah. yeah. So I encourage you all to have a greater relationship with your money. Talk about it. You know, talk about it with your partner, with your team, with... We even talked with the executive that does this for people as well. You know, you need to have these conversations because money, you have to work hard for it. Inflation's only going to get bigger. And the cost of everything is going to get higher. And taxes are going to go higher. I mean, here's the reality. We talk about this. Do we think taxes in the future are going to be the same as they are today? Lower or higher? Almost everybody thinks higher. It's all higher. Yeah. It's always higher. So, so why? You know, unfortunately, you know, even taxes and the tax revenue is never really <laughs> managed very well. So, <laughs> so here in, that, in this perspective, that means that while you're working, you've got to work really hard for your money and you've got to make really smart decisions. Don't go back to that credit card and keep opening up the, you know, the alligator mouth bigger and bigger and bigger and say, I'm paying it off and paying it off and paying it off. If you're going to use your credit card, which I am not one to support, don't ever go over that certain dollar amount. Don't allow it. And if you're paying for money, that's the biggest lost opportunity cost you can have. I agree. Yeah. Well, we hope this was helpful. Katie, do you have any final words? Well, I think we have a question from the audience. Oh, okay. What's that question? Um, before we wrap up. Okay. So, I am having trouble staying on budget. I feel careless when spending money I'm meant to save. How should I change this and save more money? Weren't we just talking about that? Wow. <laughs> okay. What an appropriate question. Yeah. So, so, how would you tell someone that's struggling with this? I think... The, I mean, I think just to summarize what we've been talking about, I think it's important to decide what, what amount do you, do you want to save every mm -hmm. month and, mm -hmm. and 
what is feasible in your budget, mm-hmm. but then put it aside, put it in a separate account, have mm-hmm. a separate account for each goal or for retirement, have mm-hmm. a separate goal for travel, whatever you're saving for, um, just have it in a separate account away so you can't accidentally steal from yourself, as it sounds like this listener is doing. Really I think that, I think grow. we see that a lot, is that we steal from ourselves. If you were running your own business and you were stealing from your business, would your business be profitable? No. It couldn't be. So if we start to look at our personal finances like we would run a business and run it for profit, it's hard to think about something 20 or 30 years ahead of time, right? Mm-hmm. It really is. But if you give every dollar a purpose and say this purpose is, okay, I'm going to make a commitment that I know I have to save for retirement because I know I don't want to work until I'm 90, right. okay? Um, but I also want to live life and I want to do some traveling. Well, maybe your purpose there is you're not saving more for travel than you are for retirement. Maybe you have to have a balance there. Maybe it's a conversation with yourself. Or if I'm going to charge $1,000 a month on my credit card, I'm making a commitment that I'm never going to go a dollar over. And then as soon as I charge it, I pay it off. But remember, there's transaction fees. We're paying for money there. And it's not the old adage where they say that's where you build credit because it's not the only place. (laughs) But think about it. 30 years ago, there was no such thing as cell phones hasn't been that long. 30 years ago, didn't even have a cell phone. I mean, they had in old movies these big bricks in your car if you had that, something like that. Uh, but I remember when my daughter was born, I didn't have a cell phone. And it was really interesting because that has become a big cost it is. in our cash flow. I mean, you could get a new phone for $1,000, $1,200. Oh my gosh. You know, little, literally landlines in, in our homes are non-existent today. But, I know don't have but that is a huge cost that's increased, mm-hmm. and I think sometimes we'll see it in budget and cash flows, like two, three, four hundred dollars a month just for a car, for a phone payment. Mm-hmm. That's more than a car payment. Yeah. Make sure that every decision that you make has a purpose. Every account you have has a purpose. Make a commitment to yourself that you're not going to steal from yourself, because that is probably the saddest truth. Mm-hmm. You want to create liquidity for opportunity, to create wealth, so that you're not gonna constantly be backpedaling. Mm -hmm. Don't be like the minions, because if you're like the minions, then one day you're never gonna be able to stop being the minion. So um, I say that with, you know, a whole heart of wanting everyone to be more successful with every financial decision that they make. You know, even car payments, my goodness, that could be something that is really atrocious. Very expensive, too. Yeah. And celebrate, celebrate when that's there, you know. You can choose to save enough enough cash to pay for a car, but you're still financing it Mm because you're financing your savings. So um, one thing I want you to leave note with about this show is from a very young age you have, you've had, you were told to save, which is definitely an influence from your core. Mm -hmm. So it might be difficult to do now, but when you were young, how much were you told to save? Fifty percent, whether it was a gift or an allowance, half one in savings. Can you imagine the United States population saving half of what they make today? That would be a different world. We would have a completely different economic prosperity in our country. It would be amazing. I encourage you to try. <laughs> I mean, even in our economic platforms, they say if you're not saving thirty to thirty-five percent of your income, you'll never retire. So. I'm proud of you for what you're doing. Thanks for bringing up this subject today, especially about how to have what bank account and where and how and what and 
you know, what's important, but that emergency fund is so important and key. Yeah. Well, but thanks for having me. You're welcome. Yes. <laughs> Again, it's very key to be on the same page with your partner when it comes to how you're going to spend money. Whether it's having one joint account or having a house account that's joint and your own separate accounts, whatever works for you as long as there's transparency. So we hope this helped. Again, and we know it's a longer show, but I think it was an important topic to talk about. And we hope you'll stay tuned for our next Ways to Love Your Money show next week. And check us out on waystoloveyourmoney.com. You can see every video we've ever done. All right. Take care. Have a great week. We send you the best. The information provided in this show is for informational and educational purposes only. This show is not investment advice, nor is it intended to address the financial needs of any particular viewer. The opinions expressed on this show are not intended to be an endorsement of any particular investment strategy or service of any other kind. You must make an independent decision regarding investments or strategies mentioned throughout the show. Before acting on information in this show, you should consider whether it is suitable for your particular situation and strongly consider seeking advice from a financial advisor.